Hello, I'm Jeremy Meeks, and I want to thank you for subscribing to my podcast, Leadership is Listening. That means if you're listening to this podcast, you're a leader. And I believe that leaders can continue to learn and grow by listening to other leaders around them. And today, you're going to hear from a great leader, Seton Higginbotham of Arrow Ford. Arrow Ford was started in June of 1964 by Seton's father. Seton started work with Arrow Ford in 1974 as the service manager and then transitioned into other roles within the company. And in 1995, until present, he has been the president and general manager of Arrow Ford. But that's only part of Seton's leadership journey. As you're about to hear, Seton is very involved in the community, and he believes that this community can continue to prosper and grow by cultivating new leaders and also by working with a collaborative spirit. You'll find that message is interwoven throughout this interview. I'm so excited that you're about to hear this, so let's get into it with Seton Higginbotham of Arrow Ford. Who currently is your favorite leader? Uh, well, it'd have to be Alan Malawi. Uh, I don't C- know who that is. A CEO for Ford Motor Company. Uh, well, okay. not now. He's been he's been re- he's, he he retired uh, and let uh, uh, Fields, his protege, take over. But uh, you know his leadership style, really, Jeremy, is what kind of gets you. He he tries to create a uh, atmosphere where the truth can be heard, and you know, it was reported that he had his all his guys in a meeting, you know, in a big boardroom, and, and nobody would talk to him, and nobody would say anything, and finally one of them came up and said, we're going to shut the plant down because we're not building a quality car. Uh, so he stood up and applauded. He said, finally, somebody's going to stand up and say something. You know, I mean, uh, wow. so many times people don't, they want to wait for the leader to say, what does the leader want me to say? Right. Instead of saying something. And if you don't create an atmosphere where the truth can be heard, a leader can't make decisions that are effective. That is such a good point. You know, and uh, and he did that. It kind of reminds me of uh, Churchill, because when Churchill was in World War II, he had, a co- he had a group of people that he hired. I guess hired would be the right word. And he said, I don't want to hear anything that's not true. You mm-hmm. give me the facts and I will base my decisions on that. Because everybody was telling him what he wanted to hear, and he hired some people outside of the box, you know, or outside of the mainstream to say, no, this is what's real, and you make a decision on that. Makes all the difference in the world. Who had the most impact on you in your life? Hmm. Well, you know, I guess everybody would say their parents. Uh, uh, I guess my dad uh, taught me uh, passion, compassion uh, he uh, hmm, you know told me a lot of stuff uh, gave me authority gave me autonomy uh, but he was always there if I needed something uh, so you know I think that's an important important thing uh, taught me a lot of stuff gave me the ability to, to do I think he probably didn't didn't realize it at the time, but he probably put me in a position that made me the guy I am today, right? Uh, of course, all your parents are supposed to do that, but I can remember when uh, we were sitting at the office and uh, some people came in and wanted to meet with him and wanted him to become city councilman. And uh, he said, no, I don't 
you know, I don't do that. I, he, he always worked behind the scenes. She said, but I support my son. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, so here he is, a 28, 27-year-old kid, you know, and he's going, I support him. Yes, and they looked at me and they said, well, you want to do it? And I said, well, let me think and talk to my wife. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Uh, oh, wow. And so uh, ended up doing it. And, you know, that kind of forces you. In. You know, some people are born leaders and, mm-hmm. and they just happen. And then some people are kind of thrust into it or, or given an opportunity and maybe they're not so smart and they take the, take the opportunity, uh, jump into the fire. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that made it, uh, you know, that was, that was a turning moment for me. Right. You know, so it was pretty, uh, pretty exciting. So. What three words describe leaders and why? Hmm. Um, well, there's a lot more than three probably. I agree. Uh, uh, passion, that'd be number one for me. Uh, you know, if you have passion, you don't have fear. Or at least it controls your fear. Uh, I think everybody's really kind of fearful, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not some that are... But I think if you if you really have a belief or a strong passion for something, you can push through the fear and it becomes overwhelming and you don't have to worry about the fear because you you care you care about something and when you care about something you can do great things tenacity mm-hmm. uh, you know I never was a very good student <laughs> I not for lack of effort uh, but I always wanted to, to make straight A's uh, right I can remember back in in the eighth grade uh, eighth grade was a pretty powerful year for me uh, President Kennedy was assassinated, and I had a teacher named Miss Jones, and she was the English teacher from heck, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the one that you always remember, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and I wanted to make straight A's, and, and I, for some reason, you know, I ended up making 89 in her class, and from that point on, eighth grade on, I always worked to try to make straight A's, hmm. uh, and I never did, okay? never made straight A's but I'm not sure that that wasn't more powerful than making the straight A's because I started learning I started focusing on goals objectives and trying to accomplish certain things and even through college I never you know I was always 1B always 1B (laughs) and uh, so I think that kind of draws you to uh, the ability to, to try to come up with some I don't know determination or yeah. you know yeah. stick to itiveness or whatever. Passion, tenacity, yeah. good words. Yeah. So I guess the last one would be humility. That's yeah. a good. That's a good one. You know, uh, yeah. if uh, things don't go right, and lots of times they don't, uh, you know, I look in the mirror. Yeah. You know, I take the blame. I think that's, you know, there'll be times you you say, oh, I wish he'd have done this or I wish he'd have done that. But when reality is, the reason they didn't is because I didn't make that happen. Right. You know, I mean, you, you really, it's really, you really have to hold yourself accountable. So. Do you remember when you were first asked to lead and how it impacted you? How did you feel? Well, it goes back to the city council thing, probably. Okay. Uh, I think uh, that's really when I started to understand what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're. Uh, when you're in a position like a city council, uh, 
the you realize the decisions you make affect people's lives. Uh, and when I figured that out, that made every thing that came before the council, or really I extrapolated that through the through my life after that. I mean, so anytime I talk or anytime I make a decision, based it's always based on how it affects other people, whether it's in the in the business world or in the you know the volunteer world or in the council world or whatever. So every decision you make affects other people's lives, and you need to take that into account. If you do, then then it uh, you know makes things different. But uh, but that's really what uh, I think that's really where it started to come to fruition. Tell us about a time when you failed as a leader. Hmm. Fail all the time. <laughs> uh, I think you fail your way to success. I don't hmm. think. Uh, uh, I can give you specific times, but I don't think that I'm through trying. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I fail at something, I just think it's just one thing that it's just the next step. It's not a, it's not a destination; it's a journey. And and if you keep working at, if you have passion and you have a a desire to make something happen, uh, just because it didn't happen today doesn't mean it's not going to happen tomorrow. So you keep working. So I think we fail our way to success and. And that just, you know, you know, I've lots of opportunities that haven't succeeded, but I haven't quit trying to get that to happen yet. So it's just, you know, one step, one step until it happens. So spoken like a true leader and entrepreneur, failure way to success. Yeah, well, that's kind of uh, a lot of people do that. Yes, but sir. a lot of people give up, and that's the important thing not to do. It's to know that it will happen. I'm just not sure when. Tell us uh, your biggest strength. I reach out. Hmm. Okay, I think, uh, you know, leaders need people, okay? I think you have to connect. I think it's a collaborative effort in today's world. Uh, you can't just be uh, an island and make things happen. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. So uh, if things get stuck, if they get, I reach out and, and, and debate and talk to other people, mm -hmm. you know, and find out what, what, what we have to do to, to move things forward. So. so what would you say is your biggest weakness? Well, it probably may be the biggest strength as well. I'm, I'm dyslexic. Okay. Uh, when I was growing up as a kid, uh, I, I didn't read very well. I, you know, I transposed numbers. I, my mother, uh, and she worked with me long and hard, lots of hours. She was my mother, Teresa. Mm. Uh, and, and so we worked through some of those things, but uh, I say we worked through them. I guess I was a little bit, I was uh, uh, an introvert. Okay. I was, uh, uh, I, I felt in, I don't know that I felt inferior, uh, but uh, I didn't have that confidence, okay? And so that kind of, but, but in retrospect and in, uh, when you think about it, that's my biggest strength because it forced me to figure out how to be successful. Mm. Uh, because, you know, if you have a, I don't know if you call it a disability, but if you have something that holds you back a little or, and you have to work through it, that, that builds character, that builds your ability to, and I, so I look back and say, hmm, well, I may be a slow reader, mm -hmm. okay? I may have to read it more than once or twice. I have to work harder to get where I want to be. But I've learned how to work harder to get to where I want to be. And so it's, uh, you know, I think that that makes you stronger and to, to work through those problems. And, 
And what's the most difficult part about being a leader? Two things would be, one would be finding other leaders. I, I don't like, I'm not a leader, I am a facilitator. I am a person who, you know, works with other people to accomplish a common goal. So I can't do it without other leaders. Mm -hmm. So finding other people who want to, to make something happen, to make passion. Uh, so I think there's a lot of people out there that just float through the world and float through life and, and don't really get connected, don't really get engaged. Uh, and so I think that's, that's a big thing to find other people you know, that want to lead. Uh, and then I guess letting people fail. <laughs> you know, I guess uh, I've been in the business 43 years and, and I, have a, I know the answers to a lot of things. That's an ego in me, right? I think I know the answer. And, and so you get these young guys and gals who come up and they're, and they're thinking they're going to do certain things. And you go, yeah, I've done that and it didn't work. <laughs> and, and I want to tell them, no, don't do that. Uh, but you got to let them fail too. I mean, they learn if you don't ever fail, then if everybody gets a trophy, that doesn't work for me. That's you right. know, so they have to, you have to let them fail. Now, if it's a big thing, I'm probably going to say, wait a minute, let's talk about it sure. and debate it. But sometimes you got to just let them fail, you know, and, you know, and that way they learn. How do you lead through change? We're in the 21st century. <laughs> change is a way of life. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, so it's always that. I think uh, it goes back to connecting with people. I don't have all the answers. I don't think anybody does, and if they do, they 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 are they're not leaders. They're dictators. They're you know they're they're, although you know they may accomplish certain things, they don't last. Uh, I think uh, you you just have to ask for help, uh, and uh, if you do that, then things things work out because you connect with people. You know, right? Uh, you know. Leaders aren't on a pedestal, they're just part of a group, okay, and that group's moving forward, and if that group isn't, you know, cohesive, then they're not going to uh, sustain, be sustainable, you know, because then when the leader's gone, the, the movement falls apart or the process goes away, and that's not, you know, so that's, that's pretty tough. I heard a quote the other day, leadership is not a position. It's not. And that's exactly how you just described it. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have a title. It's not, right. it's not title driven. What's the one thing that's held you back on your leadership journey? Society, the industrial revolution. We've been conditioned. And I guess to some degree, just lately, I've really kind of honed in on this. Um, uh, the industrial revolution was a pretty good deal, okay? Uh, it took us and created a middle class, but it created a machine. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that machine was fed and created clones, <laughs> create cogs in a machine. Mm -hmm. You know, I think uh, you were told to not to question, to do what you were told, keep your head down, do those things, and and everything would be fine, uh, and you'd get a four hundred one k and health insurance, and you know, and a good paycheck, and and you, you created the middle class. But it, it, but they said, don't think, mm -hmm. do what you're told. You know, I liken it to the factory worker that Ford had Ford's machine, you know, assembly plant that they put the right front wheel on and the and the right rear wheel on, and it, as the machine went down, you know, as the as the car went down the line, right. 
And uh, don't think, just do that. It's kind of a race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And in today's world, that doesn't work. You know, today's world is a world of uh, interconnectivity, of collaboration, of looking for solutions to complex problems and and uh, it takes a, a collective mind, a collaborative effort, you know. Uh, I need you to give me an idea, you need me to give you an idea, and together we take two ideas and make a great idea that fixes something. But one idea doesn't make it, it takes more than one person to, to make things happen. So it's not, you know, I think it's, we're beyond the Industrial Revolution by far. Some people say the information uh, revolution. I say it's more of a collaborative revolution mm. where we collect ideas and, and make things happen as a group. You know, it's more of a group effort. Yeah, So that's beautiful. So Yeah, but that's a beautiful thought, beautiful answer. Yeah, it's hard to do mm -hmm. because people don't want to, they're afraid to speak up, to say what they think. What's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, from my dad, probably. You know, I'm going to go back to him. We are emotional beings that think. We're not thinking beings that have emotion. Okay, so we're emotional beings that think. And he told me at one point, he says, don't make decisions in the heat of the battle. Uh, it went emotion, with emotion. So, you know, it was more business-related at the time. So says, you know, if you have an employee that you're mad at, that messes up and you're, you're upset and you're mad and you're frustrating you and all that, don't, you don't go out and just fire them, okay? Uh, you wait three days. You, you think about it. You don't, you don't make uh, decisions out of emotion. You make them out of, out of a calm, you know. I sometimes question that because, uh, you know, you, you'll, you'll forgive, you know. Uh, you have a tendency to forgive. Sure. Uh, and so if you wait three days, then you end up forgiving them and you don't fix the problem, so you still have to deal with the problem. Uh, you still have to go back and say, you know, Jeremy, we just didn't hit, you know, I, I really didn't like what you said, and I think, right. you know, we need to talk about it, and you go ahead and work through the process. Uh, but uh, you don't just make decisions in the heat of the battle. You, you have to think through things. That's good advice. Yeah, I think, it, I think it, it's guided me some, so... Yeah. What's the one thing you're excited about right now? Is there a big project you're working on or something there you want to share with everyone? Yeah. Uh, workforce development. I am uh, the chairman. Uh, Charlie Black's the chairman of the chamber this year, and he asked me to chair a committee on workforce. Uh, the, uh, and the objective is to attract, train, and retain a vibrant workforce in Abilene. And, I, you know, it's an exciting time to be in Abilene. Okay. Uh, we have a new city manager. We have a new, you know, superintendent of schools. We have a new chamber manager. Uh, we have people that are engaged right now in a, in a, and I believe in a cooperative effort to accomplish a common goal of, of making Abilene better. Recommend a book for our listeners. <clears throat> hmm. Leaders, uh, I think leaders are readers. Okay, so I would tell you to read uh, a lot. Uh, there's probably four or five that are really important to me in today's world. Uh, some of them deal with schools and educational system and how we're, you know, help holding our students back and our growth back. Uh, I think uh, 
I guess if it was just one book, it would be Lynchpin uh, by Seth Golden. It, it kind of lets you understand how the Industrial Revolution has uh, brainwashed you into submission. Uh, how, you know, the lizard brain or what keeps you from doing what you know you should do uh, and how to work through that. Uh, another book might be The One Thing, which helps you. Uh, it's by a, a, uh, Gary Keller. He wrote The One Minute Manager. I don't know if you've read that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it really lets you, it finds you way, it finds ways for you to set goals and objectives that you can work to on today. You know, if you have a five-year goal, it's kind of hard to, uh, to vision it, you know, I mean, what do you do to make a five-year goal happen? Well, you have to look at what you do this year to make that five-year goal happen, right. or what you need this month, or what you do this week, or what you do today, or what you do right now. And so it's a way to, to take those goals and break them back down to where you can do stuff. So Lynchpin would probably be the first book I'd, I'd, I'd tell you to read, but there's, you know, I think you should read a lot. If you had to start over, <coughs> what would you do differently and why? Well, you know, I told you I was a little introverted. I would probably spend more time in the humanity. I picked up the guitar two or three years ago. I haven't been able to spend the time I need to. Uh, I would I would have liked to have done more acting or some drama or some you know some things like that. Uh, I think that would have gotten me more engaged, more outgoing a little bit earlier. Uh, creative side uh, goes back to linchpin a little bit. Uh, after reading that, I realized. Uh, I'm an artist. I went into a to an art gallery one time, and it was all these pictures, you know, and stuff, and they had sculptures and all that kind of stuff. And I was looking at a picture, and this lady said, "Well, are you an artist?" And I said, "Yes." And she said, "What do you do? What do you do? You paint?" I said, "No." She said, "Sculpt?" No. She said, "You know." And she asked, you know, a couple more uh, things. I said, "No." She said, well, "What do you do?" She said, "Well, I'm a businessman. And I write policies. I create processes by which we, you know." provide a service to a customer and she didn't really get it okay <laughs> uh, but uh, you know that's just as much creativity but you don't think about that you know uh, so as being art what's the one thing that you want everyone listening to remember when a job is first begun leave it not until it's done whether the job be large or small do it well or not at all okay that's a Zig Ziglar quote you know, I think if you start a job, you do it well or not at all, okay, and you don't do anything halfway, and so every st every kid I've got, every grandkid I've got, they'll quote that to you every day, you know. Uh, and I guess the other thing would don't stop learning. You know, I, I guess I've probably learned more in the last, since 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, the Great Recession was a great opportunity, you know, uh, when things get tough, the tough get going, right? right? That that saying really comes true when you when you face adversity, and uh, you know two of the three uh, manufacturers went bankrupt during that time frame, and so it lets you have an idea of how how uh, intense the uh, the issues were. But uh, so that you know, I think. Uh, You've got to keep learning. You've got to keep reading. You've got to keep growing. Once you think you know, you're 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 done. Mm -hmm. You know, it just doesn't work. You got to know that. So, how can people connect with you? 
uh, come buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I'm at Air Ford. They all they have to do is call uh, Seaton at airford.com. Uh, so uh, I'm available uh, 24/7 to, to do that. But it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> so. Seaton, thank you so much. For You're welcome. This. I You're appreciate welcome. it. I enjoyed it. Wow, wasn't that great? Seton shared some real zingers in there. Leaders have passion. Leaders create. They're artists. And one of the best takeaways I thought was that leaders create an atmosphere where the truth can be heard. That's powerful. And I think that if we all strive to do that, we will all be better leaders. I want to thank you for subscribing to this podcast. Leadership is listening. If you'd like to contact me, I can be reached at jeremymeeks at iCloud.com. You can also connect with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. Just search for Jeremy Meeks, all one word. If you like this podcast, please rate it and share it with three friends. Thank you again. Have a wonderful day.